Well, we're going to dive in uh, and continue on our series called Road Trip. Everybody say Road Trip. Uh, in case you weren't with us last week, let me tell you about this little gizmo real quick here. This, this is a teaching tool that will help us. Uh, how many of you have seen my handwriting? Okay, so this is better. Okay, this, this will be better. And uh, my purpose in, in doing anything, writing on a chart, using the screen, whatever it would be, is to, to help you to see it, to hear it to say it. I do a lot of things like that because the more ways that you experience, the better chance you have of remembering it. And the, and the more that you remember it, the better chance that you have of doing it. And scripture said that if you would not just hear, but you would do, you would be blessed. And that's the goal is that you, you and I would be blessed. Amen. All right. Well, um, as I said, this road trip is actually, it's your life. It's, it's the journey that, that you're on. And it's about getting there. You know, isn't that what you want to do? But we want to also enjoy the journey. And so what do we mean by getting there? And I want you to think this out with me. Of course, we're thinking of a trip. We've got all that imagery going on in our minds and so forth. But as we go through life, where do we want to arrive? Where do we want to go? Well, I I think, first of all, we want to get to a better place in life. You need to understand that you can be at a better place in life. You can be at a, in God, you can be at a better place in life. Even if that better place is just more grace and more peace in the situation you're in. Even if it's just wisdom that would come, but, but God can help you. You're not stuck. Okay. You're not stuck. The other, the other thing that we want to arrive at are some good and godly goals. I think everybody should have some goals. I don't care if you're 110 years old and you're here. You should, you should still have some good and godly goals. If you can hear me. And, and, you know, if, if you can halfway think and smile and, and hang out with some people a little bit, you have, some, you have something to offer some people. And you have some good and godly goals. One of my goals, the, the older I get, and I am not old, but I'm getting older, but uh, uh, age-wise, but, um, is to be a resource. I want to be more and more of a resource and, and help. And it, at the end of the day, I want to bring glory to God. And then our ultimate destination is heaven. Anybody want to go to heaven? Don't worry, I'm not getting up a load today, okay? But, but, uh, but we're headed to heaven, and we want to take some folks with us on that. And, and like I alluded to earlier, uh, our chief purpose in life is not just so we have some fun and go some places, but it's so that we could bring glory to God. I pray that that would get on the inside of you, that, you know, the chief purpose of man is, is to glorify God. When I finish my life, but not just when I finish my life, when I finish my day, I want to have brought glory to God. Can anybody say amen on that today? Now, the purpose of this series and really the purpose of this church is is right here. It's helping you to move from where you are to where God wants you to be. Would you read that with me? Helping you to move from where you are to where God wants you to be. Let's, Let's unpack that just a little bit here. Where you are right now, and you say, well, Pastor, I think where I am, I'm at is where God wants me to be. But you need to know that that's a progressive thing. It's a journey. We continue on that. And we, we want to stay on that bus, so to speak. We want to get all the way there. But what if you're not at a, at a good place? And, and a lot of times I find it's this. It's parts of your, of your life that are broken. Parts of your life that are broken. Well, God moving you from where you are to where he wants you to be. Here's what it is uh, that we have to understand as a bottom line. God loves you. God loves you. He loves you right where you are. Please know that. He loves you right where you are. Get rid of the religious notion that I got to get myself all fixed up and then maybe he'll like me. 
How many of you remember from like second grade, the little notes you would pass? I like you. Do you like me? Check one. Yes or no. Anybody get rejected? Okay. Okay. It's like, so you try, I'll try again tomorrow, you know, but, uh, you know, you don't have to do that with God. God loves you, period. Even if you're a mess. And God accepts you right where you are. Now, he may not approve of everything, but he accepts you. There's a great big difference between approval and acceptance. And he accepts you. And he loves you so much, he won't just leave you right where you are. So he's wanting to move you. And he's going to use church. And he's going to use his word. He's going to use the people of God to help move you from where you are to where he wants you to be. Now, in Acts chapter 17, verse 28, it says, For in him... Go ahead and read this with me. For in him we live and move and have our being. Let that sink in. For in him we live and move and have our being. All of that is connected together. And that is this journey that we're on. That is this road trip that we're on. As you travel day in and day out, highways, different roads, going to work, going to the store, coming and going from church, wherever... You may or may not notice on a a daily basis, but there's something out there called guardrails. And I want to talk about guardrails in our life and on our our journey today. Um, Yesterday, we went to Tampa and back. And because I'd been working on this and thinking and studying on this, I noticed the guardrails. And they're, they're all over the place. And then there's some places where there are none. And there are some places I noticed I thought that'd be a good place for a guardrail. And then there's other places, I don't know why there'd be one there. And there's, there's guardrails uh, just uh, of concrete, of metal, of these big giant steel cables supported every so often. Guardrails out there. And here's the purpose of those. They're to protect you. They're to save your life. They're to keep you on a safe path. They're to protect other people. Uh, they stand between you and some danger. Get this now. Think of your journey, your road trip. Those guardrails stand between you and some danger. And they're typically placed at places where there's little margin for error. Okay, uh, Typically, any bridge that you're going to go across, there better be some guardrails. Can you imagine the way some of, you, uh, some of your friends drive? That, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking of my mother-in-law and other people. You know, it's a good thing there's guardrails. Y'all? Curves, medians, uh, near a cliff or drop off. There's, there's guardrails out there. What is that for? It is to keep you safe. It's to protect you from going somewhere that you ought not to be. And I believe this. It would be better to hit the guardrail than what it's keeping you from. So in, the, in your life, everybody say, my life. In your life, you'd better have some guardrails. There better be some things. I'll tell you what those are in just a moment. But you better have some guardrails in your life. Some areas you could drift into and there'd be, there'd be like no danger, no problem. And then there's some other areas. Well, it would be big danger if you happen to go there. Well, let's think this out a little bit. Some areas of your life are more important than other areas of your life. Now you say, well, I know that. But guess what? There are a lot of people that don't think that way. There are a lot of people that don't categorize or prioritize their life to realize there are some areas of my life that are more important than other areas of your life. Let me me try to illustrate a little bit. If something's coming at you, you're going to be more inclined to guard your eyes, protect your eyes, than you would your elbow. Or let's say you're holding a baby and a Big Mac and something's coming at you. 
I hope you don't have to hesitate. And <laughs> Hopefully you throw down that burger and protect that baby. You all with me? Some things are more important than other things. But let me just throw this in real quick because I am feeling a little bit hungry. Don't just throw that burger down. If you have some time, try to gently lay it down and then protect that baby, okay? Because you, you might could come back. You, you never know. Okay, let's go into our life, though, into real stuff. Here, some areas are more important than other areas. How many of you know that your, your marriage, your stewardship, your finances, your relationships will be way more important than how tidy your garage is? Or your hair color. Or some new hobby that you want to try out. You know, there's some areas of our life that are more important than some other areas of our life. And some things in life are more dangerous than other things. Uh, there's some things that will hurt you relationally. There's some things that would just hurt your body. There's some things that would even hurt your soul. The Bible talks about that all sin has consequence. But the Bible also reveals that, that some sin has greater consequence. Some sin has more immediate consequence. Let's look at a couple of those real quick. Sexual sin, uh, anger, hatred, grudges, toxic relationships, poor stewardship, and I could go on. But those areas could become super, super dangerous in your life. And they won't just take down you. They're going to take down other people and other situations around you. So because of all of that, We've got to have guardrails. Um, if you were driving along and there's just a flat, grassy field out here, if I drift off into that field, it might get a little bumpy and I might get stuck. But guess what? We could get you back. But if it's a raging river or just a sheer drop off of a cliff, we're, and there's no guardrail there, as citizens of the state of Florida, we would put up a fuss and say, hey, this is dangerous. Somebody put up some guardrails right here or somebody's going to get hurt. Something bad's going to happen. And so we see that in the natural, but in our life, you've got to make sure that you have some guardrails in your life. We're quick to say, oh man, they, they better watch it. They better have some boundaries. They better have some guardrails in your life. Well, you and I need to have some guardrails in some important areas of our life. As I said, there's some areas of your life, it, do, it doesn't matter if you get popcorn with or out butter. And you healthies will say, yes, it does make a difference. And I get that. But at the end of the day, you know, there's some more important issues that we certainly need to make sure that we have some guardrails on. Some people wish I had a guardrail up here. You know, because I I ride the edge. And it's because I want to be so close to you all. But seriously, I'm trying to communicate. I had a guy a few years ago actually came, met with me, and he brought this material that he wanted to put a warning track all the way up cross edge like baseball outfielders so that I would know when I'm getting close to the edge. But just rest assured, I've been doing this 25 years. I've only fallen once. Okay. Okay. And I was only in the hospital a year for that fall. And <laughs> no, it wasn't it. wasn't it all. What are these guardrails? Our guardrails are convictions. Convictions. Everybody say convictions. And your convictions, let's go ahead with this. A conviction Come on back. Convictions are a fixed and firmly set, uh, held belief. A fixed or firmly held belief. Let me go a little bit further with this. It's more than just an opinion. It's more than just an idea. It's more of just something you heard on TV. It is based on something substantial. It's based on something that is strong. 
It becomes a standard of behavior. Don't miss this, people. A standard of behavior that becomes a matter of conscience. That you have personal standards and limits. That I won't violate this. I won't go past it. Just, just like I'm not going to drive over this cliff. Well, what's going to keep you from driving off that cliff? What if you get a little careless one day? What if you get a little distracted by something? What is going to keep you from going off of that edge into a trouble? A guardrail. And what that guardrail is for you and for me are these convictions. And it becomes a personal standard of behavior, personal limits in my life. It should be that if you get near them even, it, it, it should bother you deeply. It should stir you. It should wake you up if you get too close to a guardrail. I noticed this about guardrails yesterday all over the place. There's tire marks and bumper marks and dents and everywhere else. And I thought, wow, people are crazy. And I thought, but at least they're safe. At least they're safe because what's on the other side of that guardrail, that's why that guardrail is there. And so in our lives, we've got to have these limits for ourselves. We've, we've got to have some boundaries for ourselves, especially in these important areas of our life. Um, it's been said, and I, you know, I don't have scientific numbers on this, but I'm just guessing 96%, 98%. Of your decisions, if you live by principles, if you live by convictions, I believe about 96, 98% of your decisions are already made for you. Uh, the Bible says if sinners entice you, don't consent. So if somebody's saying, hey, come do this with us, and you go, no, I don't do that. Because I, ha- I have a conviction about this. And, and this will help you with peer pressure, and we'll get to that in just a moment here. You know, I'm, I'm not going to cheat on this. I'm not going to steal. I'm not, I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to do this. You know, it kind of reminds me of this little list that, that Moses brought to the people one time, you know, and there's just some things there. It's like, yeah, I like that one. Sign me up for that one and that one and that one. And if we would get these in our life, they would serve as guardrails for us and they would protect us from some things. A lot of people get in trouble Because they didn't have a guardrail. They did not have a conviction about something. Or that conviction was not firmly set in them. And so then they cross lines that they should not cross. Bob your head if you know anything at all what I'm talking about. All right. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 23. Paul is writing. He says, you say I'm allowed to do anything. But but not everything is good for you. You say I'm allowed to do anything. But not everything is beneficial. And the context of this, Paul is saying there's some things that Scripture is silent about. There's some things that Scripture actually gives you some liberty in. And you need to make sure, though, that, hey, I might be allowed to do something, but is it good for you? I might be allowed to do, it might be, quote, permissible, but is it beneficial? Will it edify me? Will it fill me or will it drain me? Let me just go ahead and tell you, believers, you can listen to whatever you want to listen to. You can watch whatever you want to watch, but it might not be good for you. It might not fill you up. It might actually drain you. And here's the other issue too. It might cause someone else to stumble. And at the end of the day, you might've had a lot of fun, but if you cause somebody else to stumble, I'd say that's not a very, very good day. And so we have to look at this, our convictions here and get this settled. Something, Hey, it's permissible, but where are you at on it? Is it just a matter of whoever you happen to be with at the time? Uh, It's not good for them, so it's not good for me. Well, they like doing that. I like doing that too. 
You know, we've, we've got to get some convictions, get these guardrails in, in our life. And as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, where do we get our convictions from? We get our convictions from God. Do, do I shock you? We get our convictions from God, specifically from God's word. And then most specifically, we get them from his commands. So we have convictions Those are our guardrails that are informed by God's commandments. Let's talk about commandments just for a moment. How many of you just really, bottom line, there's part of you does not like other people telling you what to do. And I know it never happens with any of this service, but with some of the the earlier services, you got a parker telling you, I want to park there. I know that's a foreign idea to you guys, but I I like to park over there. You know, and, and, and you just got to go with it. Uh, this has happened to me numerous times. A couple of weeks ago, traveling and uh, about to get on a flight. There's six or eight of us. And we're just kind of standing there waiting for our zone to be called. Just patiently standing there. And all of a sudden, this guy comes up. Back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. Behind this line. And we were like six, eight inches over it. So it's like, back up. And I kept a smile and kept my composure. But I have to tell you what happened inside. It's like, yeah, Barney Fife. Just have to be in charge of something. It's charge of the line. Good for you. That actually went on inside. But I repented before we got airborne, okay? Okay? I wanted the blessing of God the whole trip. But we don't like being told what to do. We just, we just don't like that. So when we see a word like commandments, we think rules, regulations, A list of do's and don'ts. And can I relieve you of that? When God gives us commandments, that's not what it is. When God gives us commandments, let me tell you what the commandments are about. It shows us what gives us life and it shows what takes life away. Y'all see that? It shows us what gives us life. It shows us what takes life away. If God tells you to do something, he's not giving you busy work. He didn't have some kind of boss complex that he's got to boss somebody around. Get somebody to do what he wants to do just because. No, it's not about bossy. It's not about busy work. If he tells you to do something, guess what? It shows you what gives you life. If he tells you don't do something, do you know why he's telling you don't do it? Because he loves you and it will hurt you. He's telling you don't do that. That will, that will hurt you. He, he's trying to help you to have some guardrails. And they come from his commandments in our life. Know this. God loves you. And know this. The world does not love you. The world... The world, if it even acts like it loves you, is just trying to sell you something. And so the world, if it did love you, doesn't love you enough to tell you this would hurt you. And as I think about that a little bit further, part of that is because of this. Because the world doesn't really know. The world's mixed up. Did y'all notice that? There's some things that are really flipped and really backwards. The prophet Isaiah said the day would come and and he said, whoa, whoa. But the day would come where people would call good evil and evil good. Jesus said, don't get all upset when your good gets evil spoken of. There's a lot of flip stuff in here. And we're trying to sort this out and get some guardrails for our life. And everybody's saying, this is cool and it's fine and everybody can do this. And, And you know what? It might be allowable. It might even be legal for you. But I've got to get some guardrails for my life because I'm on a road trip. I'm on a journey. And I can't find myself out in the middle of some pit or cliff or river or something. I've got to make it. And guess what? I got some precious little ones going with me. And like it or not, believe it or not, you got some other people following your lead. 
And we all bear a responsibility that we've got to have these guardrails in our life. And we're going, we're going to get them from God. We're going to get them from his commandments. Which requires this. And I hate to even bring it up. It's summertime. You're wanting a little bit of leisure. But I've got to bring it up. You're going to have to read your Bible. You're going to have to get into the Bible and find out what God says. You've got to get your tail in church. Even in the summer to find out under teaching and preaching of God's word, what does God say? What are his commandments? What does he want for me? What are his intentions? What are his warnings? Get those so that I can have some guardrails and not end up crashed somewhere. And you can't get them. Try as you might. And they're out there, but they won't serve you well. You're not going to get it from Oprah. Bless her heart or CNN or some song lyrics or some movie story or your friend, your goofy friend can't get their life together. They're hilarious. They're fun to be around, but their life is not together. You don't get your information from those sources because if you do, I'm, I'm going to tell you what happened. Danger, danger and danger. And so we get these from God, get them from God. Paul said this in Ephesians chapter two, y'all out there. I just got to tell you, the quietest group I've had all day. I'm trying to see, is there something on my clothes or something? Okay, y'all with me? Because guess what? I already heard this. I'm I'm excited about it. People say, how can you be excited? This is your third service. It's like a really good joke or a really good story. I'll tell it to whoever will hold still for me, okay? This is good stuff. If there's a line of folks out there afterwards, we'll we'll just do it again and again and again and again. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, sports fans, this is for you. So sit up and eat, okay? Paul said, get this. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. And then Paul wrote in in Romans chapter 14, verse 5. One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike, which scripture kind of permits all that. Let each, say that's me, let each be fully convinced in his own mind. Can I tell you, beloved, this is what you've got to do. You've got to get some convictions. You've got to get in God's word, get yourself in church, get some good godly friends, seek this thing out, wrestle it to the ground, and get these important areas of your life settled. This is my standards. These are my limits. That's, that is, that's my uh, guardrail. I will not go past that. And you've got to have that in your life. Embrace a conviction to the point where you say, I will not back up. I will not back down. I will not back away. I will not backslide. This is what I believe for me. Joshua said, as for me and my house... And you want to think, well, that's in Bible land and everything was beautiful. No, you go back and read the conditions that Joshua was in. And the world around him and paganism and everything that was going on. He says, you know what? You can decide for yourself. You really can. That's for me and my house. Guardrail. Conviction. We will serve the Lord. And we're living a day of tolerance. And so I just want to say to everybody, well, tolerate that. Just tolerate that, that this is what I've This is what I believe. This is how I live my life. I'll love you. I'll walk in peace toward all men. But this is my limits. These are my guardrails. This is where I live. I'll reach over. I'll help you. I see you crashed over the edge. I'll stop and I'll help you. 
But you've got to get this settled in your life. You can't play anymore. You can't patty cake anymore. These are dangerous roads out there. You can get lost somewhere out there. Nobody would find you for days if they ever found you. Because you went off the road, there was no guardrail. We've got to make sure in these important areas of our life, we've got guardrails. We've got convictions informed by the commandments of God that help us with this. Can I get an amen from anybody here today? In Ephesians chapter 5, watch this with me. Verse 15 through 18 in the New International. It says, be very careful. Everybody say, be very careful. You know, think of trip. Think of traveling. Whenever anybody leaves my house, I will say to them, I love you. Be careful. And if they're going somewhere cool or a place that has food, I'll say, bring me something. Okay, Okay, back to this. Be very careful. Be very careful then how you live, how you travel. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Everybody say debauchery. That's a good pirate word. You got to lean into it, growl a little bit. Debauchery. Okay. Which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the spirit. Now, this is not really my topic here. Don't be drunk on wine. I'm pointing it out as one thing that leads to debauchery. Okay. So I'm not really going to give my opinion on alcohol and wine and stuff today, but I've got one and I've got convictions and they're based on, uh, growing up in a home where alcohol caused a lot of mess, but I'm not going to give you my opinion today on this at all. And, and I've been a chaplain with the sheriff's office for 15 or 16 years. And, and I've done death notifications and I've been at the wrecks at the side of the road. And as a pastor, I've been in the emergency room and I've been with people and I've counseled people that their families messed up because of alcohol. And I've never, ever heard anybody say, you know, life is just so much better now that we're drinking. But today I'm not going to share my opinion at all or my convictions on this. Um, Cause Because you can do what you want. Okay, back to this. Do not get drunk on wine or anything else that would lead to debauchery. Come on, lean into it. Debauchery. Okay. I love y'all. Debauchery, your Bible may say dissipation. The Greek word, and this won't be hard. Oh, he's going to do Greek. No, this, this is actually easy and will help you here. It comes from a Greek word, esotia, esotia. Uh, the root of it is sozo. Sozo is our New Testament word for salvation, wholeness, safety. So it's esotia, and you add an A. Bear that in mind. Anytime you add an A as a prefix... Let's take the word moral. If I add a to it, it's a prefix, amoral. You negate the word. Um, Symmetric. Even on both sides the same. I add an a, now it negates it. It's no longer that. Sotia, sozo, wholeness, safety. I add the a to it, there's no hope. For safety. Instead of wholeness and order is now reckless. 
It is now, there's no concern over potential consequences. And that's my concern about our world today is, hey, you can do whatever you want to do. And, and you know what? That's debauchery. And if you have a brand of thinking or lifestyle that leads to the fact that, that you know, you don't, you're not paying attention to what the consequences would be. There's signs up that say on this curve, 10 miles an hour. Yeah, but they don't know these tires I've got. They don't know the TV shows I watch. I can do this. Now, if you're lucky, there's going to be a guardrail there. And if not, we're going to miss you. And so what we've got to do is realize we cannot afford thinking and living that leads to debauchery that takes us to a place where we don't have guardrails in our life. Let me kind of wrap this up. You've got to have guardrails. Y'all get the idea? Those guardrails are your convictions, not mine, yours. You've got to settle it. You've got to wrestle it to the ground. Those convictions are informed by the commandments of God. You should love God and trust God enough that what he says goes. So he says it, that's, that's it for me. And that becomes your personal standard. That becomes your limits. And especially in the port, important areas of your life. And it'll keep you safe in your marriage. It'll keep you safe in your stewardship. It'll keep you safe in your relationships. It'll keep you safe in the plans for your life if you can have those in place. But the real proof of if you have convictions or not is this right here. Consistency. Consistency. Because if you don't have consistency, then it's really not happening in your life. You know, if you, there, there's some people that want the progress, but they don't want the process. There are people that want to get to the destination, but they don't want to go on the trip. They don't, they don't want the journey. Um, two weeks ago in school, my professor was just talking about something. And I, I just picked up on this. He cited a study, a 20-year study, that it said if you want kids that are healthy and whole and sound and productive. He said there's four things that this, that this study brought out. Then you as a parent finish school, keep a job, stay married, go to church. You know what I heard? Consistency. Just important areas of life, just be consistent and the people around you will benefit. You'll be better off, they'll be better off. It's just consistency. I I wear this band right here day by day, day by day. The underlying thought of day by day is this. It's right here. What you do day by day, there it is. I must have been standing on the cord. What you do day by day takes you to your future. Say it. What you do day by day takes you to your future. Guess what? If I'm trying to drive from here to Albuquerque, let's go back to road trip. If I'm trying to make it out to Albuquerque, what I do day by day is going to take me there or not take me there. I can wander around and do this and head the wrong way and get turned around and stop and do this and break down and crash and whatever. What you do day by day takes you to your future. It's, it's, it's consistency. And successful godly people have successful godly habits. Our greatest problem, and I shared it with you a couple of weeks ago under some different words, but our greatest problem is inconsistency. I told, I told you our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. Inconsistency. And I just want to think about this and then we're going to wrap this up this morning. I want to be consistent. How about you? Consistent with what? Things that matter. I want to be consistent. I want to have convictions in my life that protect me and the people that are traveling with me. Inconsistency is the 
excuse me, consistency is the proof that I actually do have those convictions. Here's the reality. We all need guardrails, though, because there's things people try to sideswipe us. You ever gotten run off the road or run over in the median? You ever got distracted by something? I mean, I hate to bring it up again, but sometimes a McDonald's truck would go by with this giant Big Mac on the side of it. I want to lay on it. I want to eat it. And I'll look at it. And my wife will go, where are you going? Where are you going? Nowhere. And straighten back out. But I'm telling you what, don't miss this. Whatever you give your attention to, you're headed toward. So you better have some guardrails. Now follow this with me. It's not a pleasant thought, but it's a helpful thought. Aren't we disappointed when we see people in our life where we thought they had a conviction and they act, follow this, they act inconsistent with their conviction? People in trust, a mother, a father, a husband, a wife, a politician, a minister, a leader, somebody we held up to a certain standard. We thought they held a certain conviction. Get this so that we don't have to be the object of this. What happened that they now act inconsistent with their conviction? It either never was their conviction or they did this. And I had, I had a dear friend years ago who fell and I asked him, how did this happen? And I ask you so that I can make sure it doesn't happen for me and I can make sure that it doesn't happen for other people. How did this happen? And he said this. He said, although I had those standards that really were my convictions in my life, he said this, I gave myself permission to think in wrong ways. I gave myself permission to think beyond what my convictions were. I gave myself permission to look beyond the guardrail. And you know what you do when you do that? You're going to crash into that guardrail or you're going to uproot that guardrail. And this is what we've got to do. And I noticed this yesterday too. Guardrails all messed up. And I saw work crews actually in one place working on guardrails. I'm thankful for guardrails. I would rather hit the guardrail and go through a little bit there to get that settled back down in your life, get that cleared up in your life, than to just crash and not have guardrails in your life. Folks, we're on a road trip. You're on a road trip. It is your life. This is about you now. This is your life. This is your journey. And there will be some hazardous roads along the way. There's going to be some sharp turns and some high bridges and some cliffs and all kinds of things along the way. Those are the important areas that you've got to make sure. Marriage, finances, relationships, direction in life. You make sure that in those areas, you get to work. Wrestle it to the ground. Get some convictions in your life. Walk them out consistently. God will help you. You'll have guardrails. And guess what? You're going to make it. You're going to make it safely. Let me just end up with this, Acts 17, 28, for in him we live and move and have our being. I want you to think about it just this way real quick, and then I'm going to finish. In him, in him I live, in, in him, in between here and here, in, in him, in him I'm going to live and move and have my being. Let our life be in him, in, in between his boundaries, his standards of our life. And i tell you what. It's not restricting, it's liberating, and it'll bring joy into your life, and you're going to arrive safely. Amen? Amen. I'm going to stop right there. Did you get anything at all out of this today?